Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. So today's video is going to be a little bit different. I want to make this one a little bit more casual where it's more like a story time reflection type video. Basically, I want to make a video where I reflect on some of my autistic social faux pas. Every now and then I'll randomly remember something that I did in the past that upon reflecting on it now, I realize it was a social faux pas, but at the time I genuinely didn't know it was because during that time I thought I was interpreting everything correctly. I thought that I was responding accordingly, but sometimes when you do have that space to reflect on it, you realize later on that maybe you misinterpreted some things and maybe your response as a result wasn't ideal and you wouldn't necessarily respond the same way if it were to happen to you again. I'm sure a lot of you guys, if you're autistic, you've had moments like this where at the time you genuinely didn't know it was a social faux pas and it's not something you realize until after. And I think that if I were to come on here and talk about some of my social faux pas, it would not only be funny, but it could also be a sense of relief in understanding that life is not that serious and I don't have to take myself so seriously all the time. I can laugh about some of the things that I did. I can understand that I tried my best at the time even though it wasn't the best response. And I think it'll also help you guys understand that we're not perfect and we're all still learning and we're all always going to be learning and that it's okay to not know how to respond in certain situations and to allow ourselves that room to make mistakes in that sense. I think there's times that through trying to learn what we did wrong, we could begin to beat ourselves up and to build a very intense sense of shame around ourselves and who we are and all the mistakes that we make throughout our lives with our relationships and interactions with others. So this series is really meant to just bring that sense of relief, bring that sense of you're not the only one, right? And also just have a space in which we can feel okay with being imperfect. Feel okay with being autistic and having these social faux pas, you know? So with that being said, let's hop into today's story. I'm hoping that me telling a story is gonna be easily understood and can help paint a picture for you guys. I know sometimes because we're neurodivergent, our stories can be all over the place. So I'm going to try to consolidate it into an easily understood storyline for you guys to follow. I'm hoping these types of videos would be a little bit more lighthearted too, because I know sometimes my video topics can be very existential or heavy and sometimes just straight up technical and objective. So I think it feels good to me to have videos like this every now and then where I am just kind of reflecting on social faux pas and laughing about it and just sharing with you guys a little bit more about myself. All right, so this specific social faux pas took place, I think three years ago. I was 23 years old and during this time I was in my last year of college, and I was also working a part-time barista job just to make some money on the side. When I initially applied to this job, it was because one of my special interests was coffee. At the time, I didn't know that it was a special interest. I didn't know it was a sensory comfort. All I knew was I loved coffee. I loved the smell. I loved the process of making it. I loved drinking it. And so it made sense to me to work a job in which 
includes a special interest because I would be less likely to burn out from that job because I loved it so much. Prior to me applying for this job at this specific coffee shop, I was going to this coffee shop pretty regularly throughout college, and I just always loved the vibe of the shop. It just had a specific atmosphere where it was very chill, but also everyone seemed to move and interact with each other with such ease and flow. And I felt like there was this sense of openness and acceptance. Like you were allowed to be yourself. You were allowed to just come in and already feel like you fit into the momentum of the atmosphere. And objectively, they had good coffee, right? It's going to be interesting for me to dissect how I interpret social interactions. I think when you guys watch videos like this, you'll start to realize that the way autistic people interpret social dynamics is so different than holistic people. And so I think it'll be fun for us to see how my mind works when I'm trying to understand social cues and interactions and how in cases like this, it wasn't a correct interpretation. But I remember when I started working at this coffee shop, immediately I kind of saw my coworkers divided into two categories in my mind. The older coworkers that were very chill and can stand and operate on their own. They were very individualistic and usually those types of people I get along really well with because they can understand that I'm myself, I'm different and not take offense to it or not see it as a threat. And those are usually the types of people that enjoy me as much as I enjoy them. Now, the second category that I saw was the click category. So this category are usually people that are younger, even though they were my age too. So people in their early 20s into 23, like that age range and they were all women. It's interesting because when I first got hired into this job, I was very neutral for everyone, right? They have yet to get to know me. There wasn't any reason for anyone to dislike me yet. I was taking, I think my 10 or 15 minute break outside, just soaking in the sun and breathing, right? And so this click swarmed around me in what seemed to just be instantaneously. And it was like six different girls and they were all like, oh my God, you're the new hire. We're so excited, what's your name? And they all started introducing themselves and I was still just in shock because I hadn't expected them to all swarm me like that. I was overstimulated. I didn't know how to respond because I didn't have time to script really. And I was still just trying to process what was going on and what everyone was saying. I for sure did not process any of their names. Usually it takes me months to remember someone's names. Zodiac signs is another story. Like I will remember your Zodiac sign. I will remember your dad's Zodiac sign, but God forbid I remember your name. And so they were all just like talking to me all at once, super excited to meet me, super happy to see me as the new hire join the team hindsight 2020 i think i was just sitting there staring at them completely not responding and i could see why people don't respond well to that especially women like when you're not able to mirror back their enthusiasm i think it's off-putting for people like them and so I think that was the number one thing that probably made them start to dislike me 
was because I wasn't able to mirror back to them. I just remember sitting there and staring at them and I probably said maybe one or two sentences like, oh, I'm excited to meet you guys or I'm excited to work here or something like that. But I don't think I've said much really because I didn't really know what to say and I was overwhelmed, right? And so that's kind of setting up an idea for you guys with what those social dynamics were like. I tended to get along more with the individualistic type of coworkers because whenever I worked shifts with those kinds of people, I feel like it was very comfortable for me because it felt like I was genuinely able to get to know them and have conversations that were free flowing and explore different types of topics regardless of if we agreed or not. In that aspect, I really enjoyed this job because I was able to get a lot of my social needs met through those specific types of coworkers. But anytime I had to interact with that click, even if it was just one of them or a few of them, I just felt a sense of disconnect from them because I felt like the conversations were never really about ourselves or about different types of topics to explore. I felt like the conversations were always about what was going on in their lives or plans that they were making to do something. And it was more so about the dynamic of the clique and what they were gonna do and things like that. And I never really do well or respond well to those types of interactions. It just doesn't really interest me and I don't know how I'm supposed to respond in those moments. Over time, it grew to a point where this particular clique of girls started to not like me. And by the time things grew to that point, and I started to hear things about that, I genuinely didn't understand where it was coming from because I never intentionally did anything to these girls or had a bad interaction with them in order for them to not like me. I remember whenever I would hear through other coworkers that they would talk about me in negative ways, I would feel so confused and so hurt, but mainly confused because I would always ask the middlemen, why don't these girls like me? I never did anything. I never said anything. I never went out of my way to hurt them. I don't know if they were just trying to be nice to me and preserve my feelings, but the coworkers that were always in the middle would always say things like, you know what, I don't know either. I'm genuinely just as confused as you are. And it was always just this thing that kind of loomed over me throughout me working at this job. For example, when we had team meetings where the whole store would come together and we would do activities together or whatever, like go bowling or go have a potluck or picnic at, a, at the park. Those were situations where I felt so in over my head and could not understand how to function within those dynamics. And I felt so left out because even the people that I got along with, those individualistic type of people, could function and operate within the dynamic of everyone. For me, I didn't know how to operate within the dynamics of a group. I only knew how to operate within conversations with other people one-on-one, -on -one, talking about specific type of topics. Within the clique of girls that was already not liking me, there was what I define as the ringleader. This girl I saw as the person that 
was the one that would actively plan social gatherings that would involve people and likewise leave out certain people. You guys have to understand, at this point, I think I spent at least a year seeing her put together all these social gatherings and invite almost everyone except me. Also in certain situations where I would work shifts with her and the clique, they would do certain things like make everyone within the clique work together in the store and then put me in the back where I would wash dishes by myself. I know that sounds funny to say out loud, like it literally sounds like Cinderella. <laughs> I'm not trying to be dramatic. That was literally what it was like. They would either put me in the back to wash dishes by myself where I wouldn't be able to interact with anyone or they would put me off in the side on the cash register myself. And at this point, I also never really understood why they disliked me still. Near the end of me working at this coffee shop, the click of girls started to open back up to me a little bit individualistically. I think because on and off they would talk to me one-on-one -on -one and they realized that I was actually a good person, a likable person outside of their set opinion of me that the group established. I remember they gave me another chance and they invited me to go out clubbing with them, which is something I absolutely hate and never would do. And I've never enjoyed going out to go clubbing. I've never enjoyed going out to drink, but because I saw this as an opportunity to bond with them, after a year or maybe even over a year of them just absolutely disliking me and leaving me out of all of the social gatherings, I took that as an opportunity to bond with them. I took that as an opportunity for me to push myself out of my comfort zone and possibly make new friends. Hindsight 2020, if I knew I was autistic, I wouldn't have done things like that. I wouldn't have forced myself to do something that I knew I didn't want to do, hoping that some different result would happen this time around. But anyways, I went out clubbing with them, which was not fun. I just showed up at the ringleader's house and they were all drinking there. I'm super, super intolerant to alcohol. I will literally break out in hives, you know, patches of red itchy skin, and I will also get sick. I pushed myself again to drink with them because I felt like if I was just to be sober the whole time, it wouldn't be fun because part of the bonding experience is to just get drunk together, right? And so I pushed myself to take, I think, one or two shots before we went to the club. And I remember just feeling so sick already from the alcohol. We were in the car on the way to the club. It was already like 11 p.m. or 12 a.m. or something. And I remember just sitting in the back seat thinking to myself, this experience is literally so horrible. I'm so overstimulated. I'm not enjoying myself and I feel so sleepy. Like I would much rather just go home right now and fall asleep. But alas, there I was trying to build bonds with these girls. And once we got to the club, there was just all these creepy guys standing around the dance floor, staring at women. It was so crowded, so loud, no airflow. Again, just completely overstimulated on my end. There was no good conversation. It was just literally us trying to squeeze through the crowd while the music was blasting. And then I remember at one point, we sat outside. A few people came over and hit on the girls. 
And you know, that was it. That was the night. And I remember when we all went back home to the ringleader's house, all the girls started to um, change into their pajamas and they were gonna sleep over there. And I remember the ringleader was like, hey Irene, do you need to borrow some pajamas? And I remember saying, I'm okay, I'm just gonna go home. And I remember she was trying to like convince me to stay at her house because I think that's part of the bonding experience is to get drunk together, go out, and then at the end of the night, sleep under the same roof. But to me, I was just objectively thinking, this is uncomfortable. I was already uncomfortable the whole night. I wanna go home, sleep in my own bed, enjoy my own space, and just finally relax, which is part of the social faux pas. Is at the time, you know, I don't see it as that. I just see it as, oh, that doesn't sound comfortable to me. I'm gonna go home. But now I can understand things like that makes women like her feel rejected probably or makes the group think oh why is irene saying no does she think she's better than us things like that but in my mind i thought oh i pushed myself out of my comfort zone to go out with them they must like me now they must think that i'm willing to be in on their group um which i couldn't have been any more wrong but anyways at this point in their minds they probably think we gave her a shot and she messed it up. In my mind, I was like, I took them up on their offer and we're good now. So after that clubbing night, there was another night where I took the ringleader up on her offer to go out and eat dinner with the girls again. I offered to go pick up the ringleader from her house as I drove us to the restaurant because I was really at this time trying to get on good terms with her and her clique. During our drive over to the restaurant, we had a good amount of time to... Granted, the whole conversation was just about her, but usually that's my way of bonding with people is to just let them talk about themselves. And so the whole time she was just talking about how she was sleeping with one of our coworkers and how she has this huge crush on him. I remember just feeling so happy for her. I remember she started to vent about him with me and tell me about how he had flaked on her one night when they had made plans and that it really upset her because she had gotten her house ready, she had done a bunch of stuff to get herself ready. Last minute, he just didn't really message her and kind of just flaked without saying anything. And she was just telling me how this was really upsetting and I could totally understand, right? She was just saying how because of that, she doesn't know where they stand and that she was upset with him. And now she was just gonna keep ignoring him until he tried to talk to her. I remember processing that with her and the way I like to process things is very objective. Me knowing him because I had a one-on-one -on -one connection with him as well. I remember just telling her, you know what, I know what he did wasn't okay, but I feel like there has to have been some sort of miscommunication because I don't think he's the type of person that would have just flaked on you without saying anything. So I know you thought that he flaked on you and just didn't say anything and completely disrespected you, but I, I feel like on his end, it wasn't that way. So perhaps you guys should just talk it out and figure out what happened and be on good terms again. And I remember she just completely like disregarded that advice and she was like, no, I'm gonna just ignore him and wait for him to come to me. And I was just like, okay, cool. Um, but anyways, me feeling a sense of loyalty to her and me feeling a sense of 
wanting to help her out because I was trying to be friends with her. There was one shift I was working with the guy and we had a closing shift together. So usually closing shifts, if you guys can imagine at a coffee shop is pretty slow. So you have a lot of time to really talk to the coworkers that you're working with on closing. And so me and him were closing together and I remember me and him were already talking throughout the whole shift. And I thought that it was a good opportunity for me to find a safe space to talk things through with him in order to get him to make amends with this ringleader. And I remember I, in my mind, I casually brought it up. Here is where the social faux pas is, you guys. So I casually brought up that the ringleader told me that she was really upset that he flaked on her the other night and that it really hurt her feelings. And I told him, I don't think you were meaning to hurt her feelings like that, but either way, I think you should go to her and sort it out and talk it through together so that there won't be that misunderstanding anymore. Cause right now she's really hurting over this. And I remember his response to me was just kind of taken aback because he's more of a private person and doesn't like to make everything known out to everyone. And I remember he said that she wasn't supposed to be telling people. And I remember he felt somewhat betrayed by her because he probably knew that if she was telling me, she was telling everyone. Cause I think everyone kind of knew that she didn't necessarily like me. So if she was telling me about that, you know, she was telling everyone. And so I think he felt extremely put off by her talking so freely about her and him to everyone, including me. He just said to me that she wasn't supposed to be talking about this. They agreed that it was supposed to just be between them two. That's the only thing that me and him really said. And I didn't really think anything of it until later when the whole clique was back to ignoring me and disliking me and not inviting me to things. I remember feeling really confused about it because in my mind, I was like, ooh, I did a good thing. I was trying to help my friend out and include this other friend that was involved in this dispute and make sure that they could come together and resolve things peacefully and be happy again. But no, that wasn't it, you know? Like, this is where the social faux pas was. The way I interpreted things was off. It was completely off. I thought I did a good thing, but I didn't. That ringleader interpreted me going to him, trying to get things to be resolved as me betraying her trust, me not being loyal to her, and also me perhaps maybe even trying to sabotage her relationship with him because I don't think they continued to talk after that. And I was genuinely not intending for that to happen. And after all that, I don't think it's surprising to any of you that any hope for a friendship with these girls was just completely out the window. All the other girls for sure didn't like me because I betrayed their ringleader and the ringleader for sure didn't like me because I sabotaged her relationship with this guy. The guy was completely okay with me because he didn't see it as an issue that was caused by me. It was just a thing of him seeing an issue with how she was handling things. So me and him were still okay, but those girls completely disliked me even more after that because they took it as like utter betrayal. Like I broke the girl code or something. And so yeah, that's just kind of the end of that story there. Um, after I quit that job, 
me and the girls all unfollowed each other. We had no interest in maintaining any sort of connection. To this day, I still feel somewhat sad that I wasn't able to get along with those girls. But at the same time, I understand that I never was really meant to understand and get along with those type of girls. I made a video where I was talking about the mourning process of your diagnosis and these girls were one of the first people I thought about when I was diagnosed with the autism because I remember how rejected they made me feel and how wrong about myself I was made to feel and alienated I was made to feel. I remember asking myself, would they have treated me the same way? Or would I have kept trying to interact with them if I had known about the autism during that time? And I also felt a sense of anger towards them because interactions with women like that as an autistic person could be really off-putting and sometimes even traumatic. Traumatic in a sense where that will literally be something you carry with yourself for the rest of your life in every interaction with feeling this fear of, am I going to do something wrong? Or are these people going to dislike me for whatever reason? Or I'm just not a likable person. I have a hard time making friends. You kind of just carry that with you and how you view yourself. But if there's anything that I find myself trying to remind myself and if there's something that I could say to also remind you guys is that when you are someone with autism, you are an esoteric person. And esoteric means that you are not going to be understood by everyone, but you are still understood by a few people. and. In moments like that, I remind myself of that a lot, that I'm not supposed to be understood and accepted by everyone, and that's okay. That doesn't mean I'm a horrible person. That doesn't mean I am incapable of connecting with others. That doesn't mean I don't have value to bring to a friendship or a connection. That just means that the few people that do understand me, I will put as much effort as I can in order to feed into that connection. But yes, thank you guys for listening to my little story time. Let me know if you enjoyed this video so that I know to make more videos like this in the future. Other than that, I will see you guys on next week's video. Be kind to yourself.